Hey, what's up guys and welcome back to the second episode of Quarantine Talk. If you guys listened to the first one with Jackson Hulkerin, uh, Coronavirus versus Christian, I hope that you really enjoyed it. I hope that you found it encouraging. Um, he was really good at, at what he had to bring up and I thought that the gospel was pretty well solidified in, in that conversation and just how we should respond to the pandemic and to COVID-19 and, and just the Christian, the appropriate Christian response. So. Kudos to, to, to Jackson for, for coming on and, and boldly proclaiming the gospel on here. That's what this uh, is pretty much about. It's about politics and, and theology and, and mixing them together and seeing what, seeing what we can create. And so he did a really good job. Today, we have a completely different side of the uh, spectrum, I guess you could say. Or uh, not even on the other side of the spectrum, just a completely different spectrum of in of its own. Uh, today we will be talking about the government and the individual and the government's role in the pandemic and the individual's role in the pandemic. And the main question that we will be asking and answering today is, did, does the government have too much power in all this? And should it have been more of the individual's power to have their health in their own hands rather than the government? And we'll be talking a little bit about the social distancing, the, the shutdowns, and is it is it constitutional? Is it unconstitutional? We'll just be kind of just taking that just piece by piece and, and figuring it out along the way. So I'm really excited for that. Um, it I'm actually to be honest, recording this just a few days before uh, the the actual release date, uh, Wednesday. So things could change between the the actual recording of this and the release of it. Uh, but up till today, uh, when I when I recorded it, which is the 18th of May, we are in Minnesota just now exiting the the whole, not the social distancing, but we are exiting the, the kind of the stay-at-home order. Retailers are finally opening up today, with the exception of bars and restaurants and hair still uh, hair salons and gyms, um, but your your local clothing store will be opening up your local hardware store if it's not already open will be opening up malls will be opening up at i believe 25 percent capacity so kind of a a really good step in the right direction obviously we want to be a lot further than that and i'm i have some thoughts on that and i'm sure that the guest with me today also has some thoughts on that on um, just tim waltz's approach and probably trump's approach as well so that's just what's been going on quick time uh timeline i already gave the timeline in my last episode so uh yeah we'll be going we'll be going over that stuff we'll probably be going over uh, just a little bit of the the stimulus checks um that one will, will probably be talked about a little bit more in depth in the next episode on the economics of it but we'll probably touch base of it a little bit today as well so yeah, this is going to be super exciting, and we're going to jump into it uh, right now. So today I got with me Jacob Beck. Jacob, how is it going? It's going pretty good. How are you, Trenton? I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm actually really excited for this. Not that I wasn't excited for all my other ones that I've done, but I'm excited for this one because th there is a clearly something that w went wrong. I think during during the pandemic, and the reason why I invited you on here is because I think that you and I share some similar views when it comes to the government, but I also know that you hold a little bit more libertarian views than I do. And I'm just, I get, I'm curious, and I'm sure that uh, the listeners are also curious on, I guess, a, a libertarian's perspective of what's going on. There's been a lot of governmental power being, being used here, probably more than we've seen in our lifetime. I don't know about our parents or grandparents, but this is definitely a government that I've never seen before. So, 
Before we dive into that, though, how are you holding up? How have you been affected by by this pandemic? Yeah, so initially, um, when it all kind of started, um, I've been quarantining for like about a month and not really hanging out with friends, and so I guess that's been kind of different socially. But um, other than that, um, it hasn't affected my life that much. Sure. I don't, I'm not working right now, and so it hasn't really been affected as far as being an essential worker or not. Yeah. But yeah, just social stuff has changed. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Everything's going pretty well. Cool. Yes. This is your, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, junior year? Yeah, I'm 17. Yeah. 17. Junior. So how has how's that been, just going to school online in like doing all of these Zoom calls, probably Google Classroom, whatever you're doing, like how's that all been? Yeah, it, it's been pretty good. Like I'm already doing online school, so it, oh, sure. it's, it's pretty normal, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's changed for a lot of people and some people I've talked to kind of like it because they're kind of stuck at home and it's sometimes better than being in class or something, yeah. but yeah, it's it's been fine for me. It has been very different, I guess. Sweet. That that's that's good to hear. Um, my school. I mean, I'm in college. My schooling hasn't changed at all because I've always been online. Um, but if I was going to be, if I were to be on campus, then I would have been sent back home. Um, so yeah, I know that that's affecting a lot of people's lives. Are you PSEO then, or are you just always a bit? Yeah. Um. Next year, I'll be doing PSEO at the uh, technical college. Tech college. Full time. Nice. And so, hope hopefully, getting like a two year degree, like an associate's degree in something, or work towards just generals or something I'm not sure sure cool um yeah that, that, that's sweet uh so then your your initial reaction obviously your life probably hasn't changed as much as a lot of adults um who've lost jobs and um people who maybe have lost family members I don't you haven't lost a family member no no, no. Neither, <laughs> neither thankfully yeah it's a blessing yeah it really is um so your your initial reaction then like what was what was your attitude at the beginning of all of this and what was your like now what's your attitude because for me my attitude was like a lot of negativity but like even before that I was just more skeptical of this being real and I also thought it was a hoax and then then once it became real then I was like okay this is something that's pretty dangerous and what do you mean when you say you thought it was a hoax like I didn't. I didn't actually think that this was going to be as severe as media was claiming. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, I know that CNN started, uh, like they started talking about it long before stay at home was even, you know, talked about. Probably by the White House or anything. Because Donald Trump and his administration were even saying that this is a hoax. And uh, Dr. Fauci, he came out in late January and said that this is probably something that we don't even need to worry about a whole lot. Sure. Un- until it actually showed up in America and, and stuff. So what was what was your reaction at the beginning and that, now what is it now? Yeah, um, just kind of hearing about it when it was, uh, wasn't was in the U.S. yet. Um, I guess I didn't have a ton of thoughts on it. I thought it was just kind of something that wouldn't really get big in the U.S. And then, of course, it came to the U.S. and it got kind of big and quarantines were suggested and then, of course, later enforced. But initially when they were, um, there was the CDC guidelines and stuff like church and other big group gatherings kind of stopped. Um, I didn't really think about it politically. I just thought this is a thing that we shouldn't be spreading, so everyone should be staying at home. And then stay-at-home orders came, and I didn't really think much about it. And that was kind of my initial thoughts. But I, I would say now, yeah, my thoughts have very drastically changed to, I guess, more negative views towards the government and the way they're treating sure. us. Well, yeah, because I remember at the beginning, you know, I was thinking like this: this isn't something that should be political at all. And even even President Trump was saying like this is something that doesn't need to be political, and it feels like 
the attitude has shifted a little bit when this is very much political now because now I don't even think people are even focusing on lives being lost as much as they are about the economy uh, and like the economy is a political game you know you can't really talk For about sure. economics yeah. without bringing in politics yeah it's definitely it's been pretty divisive now you kind of see this right wing kind of ideology of let's open up America get the economy rolling and then you have kind of people more on the left side that are kind of just like no you should be staying at home nothing should be going on government would just send you checks and other stuff like that and so it's definitely, um, it's kind of two-sided now. I don't think it was probably initially as yeah. much that way. Sure. So on the, like, those those two approaches, like the, the right's approach to, like, let's open up the economy. And then the left's approach to, like, no, everyone needs to, like, still stay at home until, it, what it feels like to me, till like, there's not a, a lick of COVID-19 like around like we have to keep everything closed so where do you fall on that spectrum of like economy like everything should open up back to normal and everything should be shut down yeah for me it all goes to um i guess kind of my libertarian ideals that um you have freedoms and you shouldn't your freedom shouldn't be restricted if it's through voluntary association so if you want to go into a business where people may have um coronavirus go for it and if they want to open up the business go ahead if they're private businesses and they want to do that i'm fully support the right to do that and so really to me it's just a liberty aspect like there's a lot of people who are forced at home that have really bad family situations and it's just not a good thing for them so it's kind of a one-size-fits-all approach that I don't think is really warranted based on how we see the coronavirus affecting people like it's bad but it was um, projected to be much worse and I don't think yeah. it's shown to be that bad so then the the approach at the beginning you probably say was was an appropriate approach once we figured out like the the facts of okay this isn't as deadly as we thought it was going to be because now that now that we have the numbers that we're looking at now is the people that were saying that the flu was more deadly were right yeah and it's actually kind of interesting um elon musk talked about this and a lot of other people have been talking about this but um the actual corona deaths um the way they calculate them a lot of times is if they have symptoms and they die they're not even tested positive and so um a lot of people think that the actual um deaths that were accounted for or it's much higher than the actual amount of deaths from corona yeah. so it's a very interesting kind of methodology they do and you can look into that yeah and i because <clears throat> I, I listened to uh, or i not listened to but i watched stephen crowder and i was watching his whole uh quarantine mug club month that he was doing and he, d- he did state in an episode that uh, or whatever he, a show that he did and that like the the flu and pneumonia like those cases have dropped to literally like zero and the coronavirus is just keep going up and that doctors may be falsifying their reports of whether or not people are actually dying of COVID-19 or, or pneumonia because all three of these are like super similar symptoms. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's what makes it kind of hard to parse out what someone is dying from or really affected by. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, so within the, the, the small businesses, uh, let's just jump into that. Um, so you've probably heard about the, the hairstylist in Texas that was uh, arrested, taken to court uh, for opening up her business despite uh, t- their their orders or their laws, whatever they put in place, um, that they can't open up. She opened up anyways, and then uh, a senator actually uh, paid her fines for her because he, he believed in her same ideals. I don't know if you've heard this story. Yeah, briefly. Uh, briefly, yeah. Um, so w- stories like that, you don't need to know all the details of this story to know that there's people like her that are still opening up. Uh, in fact, here in St. Cloud, Searles on Fifth Avenue, which is a restaurant, opened up today despite Minnesota, um, saying that restaurants and bars can't open up. So do you think that they are being 
right or or are they completely out of line? Yeah, um, I would definitely agree that the, that's their right constitutionally and just from a liberty aspect. And so I fully support the right to do that. Um, I don't know if I would say it's great. Like if you really need to do that for money or income and you really rely on that, um, that's probably a good thing. But otherwise, I mean, if you can afford to stay home or kind of not spread the virus or possibly spread the virus as much as possible, I'd recommend that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm standing with them and saying that they should be able to open up and people can choose to come and take the risk if they want. Sure. So I think it's their dining area that they're actually opening up. And I mean, Stearns County has been seeing just this uptick. We're, we're a lot, we're flat now for the most part. I've been keeping track of it the last few days. Um, but for like the last two weeks, like the last week of April, first week of May, like it's just been going up. Like we were the worst city in America. Yeah, I, I saw something about that. I think on a CNN article or something. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it's absolutely nuts. Um, so and this restaurant is opening up today. Um, so like you said, they, they should probably do takeout or, or delivery um, or at least try to figure out a way to because there's been many other small businesses that that have been. Do, you know, doing the, the takeout route or the um, or the delivery route instead of just the full opening up the dining, and so that that might be a smart. I don't know if they have been doing this. Um, they're a newer actually restaurant to the area, I think, um, but they like I think people would be like, well, they're putting us at risk, but like at what point are people like no longer going to be at risk? You know, to to be able to go out and and, and dine. I mean. But let's take the flu for instance. Uh, we go out and we hear somebody cough in the in you know in the booth right next to us at a restaurant, and they might have the flu. You know, we, normally we wouldn't get up and be like, "Oh my gosh, like you are sick. You need to self quarantine yourself." And and now now you know I can't even cough at work without like a guest looking at me. All, yeah, people all make weird. a lot of jokes about it. <laughs> yeah, it really like makes you very uh, like self aware and um, insecure about just like normal like human bodily functions. Yeah, for sure. But with with them opening up like that dining area, um, like for me personally, I think that there's no problem in that. Um, I think that if people want to go and risk getting sick, and you know you hear somebody cough right next to you, you can't get all up in arms and be like, oh, "Why are you in here?" Like you like you are putting yourself at risk. I don't think the business is putting you at risk because the business is not forcing you to eat. At their place. Yeah, for sure. And that just kind of goes back to a voluntary association. You can associate who you want to, and if you don't want to associate with someone, don't do it. And that should be your freedom to do that if you want. Sure. Forego the risk. So then, are you are you pleased then with, with the government actions? You might have already answered this or not. So, the because initially, we, we established that it was an appropriate take. Like, right now, do you think that they're going... I'll, I'll make it more specific. Do you think that they're going... Um, as fast as they should be to open up the economy? Or do you think that they're, they're taking their time, that they're still maybe taking precautions that they don't need to be taking, that it's t- now, now it's time to start taking risks? Um, no, I, th- I think it's probably time to open up. I think, I think they're going at a pretty reasonable rate. Um, I've seen a lot of different stuff about different supply chains that have kind of been disrupted since this whole started. So you have like farmers that just all this crops and stuff they can't distribute and just sitting there rotting. And like, there's lots of viral videos like that of just a lot of the devastating effects it's had in the economy. So I think it's about time to open up, sure. kind of get back going. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I agree 100% because, I don't know, like this this is going, like they gave us 15 days and then they extended it to April 30th. And I, I, don't, I don't even think the extent to, I mean, the, the extent to April 30th, 
might have been necessary, I think maybe at a state level, not a, f- a federal level. Um, because if you look at Minnesota, we had our we had our peak a lot later than you know New York, Texas, or, or California, or you know Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee. Which though South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia, they all they all opened up. They didn't open up all the way, but they opened up pretty early, earlier than than the rest of. And even Texas now has been open for. I don't know, maybe a week and a half to two weeks now. That's Texas. It kind of makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is Texas. I really don't think that they care a whole lot. Not very urban. <laughs> no, no, it, it isn't. And Dallas was a bad area, but I don't think it was the worst area. And so I think it was good for Texas to to open up. Um, so do do you think then the the point that I'm trying to get to is the with that extent up to April thirtieth. Do you think that it should have been the state's call and not the federal call? Because there's people that are sitting around um, doing nothing and like everything's fine. You know, COVID-19, it probably hasn't been around in their towns for a couple weeks or, you know, a couple days. So what do you what do you think about that separation between federal and state? Yeah, I definitely think um, as much should be delegated to the state as possible. That's just kind of a general, more conservative principle that states rights um are definitely more important, especially when it's something that really affects different communities differently, like this. Mm-hmm. And so you have somewhere that's more rural, and you have somewhere that's really urban. And so there's really got to be a really big difference in how you legislate in those different areas. And so I yeah. definitely think it more should be done at the state level. It's it's like uh, what you said earlier about just like this this blanket approach, the one size fits all. That if we just shut down the whole country, then maybe you know we're not putting anybody at risk. Like. Then there, then there are no like. There's no questions of whether or not you know people can get it if we if we you know have these guidelines enforced. You know the states can choose to maybe enforce these ones, but as feds, you know, just that blanket approach. Like if we just do this, nobody like this is if I were president, this is probably what I'd be thinking if somebody were to say we need to shut down the whole country. It's just like oh, if we do this, no one no one's really put at risk because everyone is told to to be put you know sit in their homes, but. Um, like you know, certain states just they don't have, like they don't they don't they don't need to be shut down, you know, for for as long long as they are. But you know, in in some some states, I have like like we've said, I have been opening, but not at that at, at like a blanket approach in the opposite direction. You know, like hair salons and gyms, I don't think have, are open anywhere in the U.S. I don't know if you know if any are. Yeah, I don't think so. Like they're all they're all still closed down, and that's something that I really disagree with because people people need to make decisions for themselves. I don't think that exactly the, the government. I, I what what do you? Th- Here's a good question. What do you think the government's purpose is? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a really philosophical question, and so um, yeah, I guess like politically, it lined up more conservative, but. I guess my ideals are more libertarian, although I don't think they can really be actualized because most people just aren't more libertarian like that. So I think the government exists to protect essential rights that we have, God-given rights, I would say. And so there's kind of one line in the Constitution that says promote the general well-being. I don't necessarily agree with that too much. I think it's just more about just protecting essential liberties, and that's mainly the purpose. And so um, there's a quote I really like from Thomas Jefferson, and it's... um, those who would give up essential liberties to purchase a bit of freedom, a bit of safety, um, deserve neither liberty nor safety. And so, I think that really applies to kind of the situation that we're giving up all these liberties just yeah. so we can have this supposed safety that maybe won't even be there. Sure. Yeah. No. That's a. That's actually a really uh, relevant quote to to these times. Just. 
people giving up these all of these liberties and i i saw something somewhere i can't remember what it was that i don't know it was it was a picture of auschwitz which i really don't let's not I'm just going to, you know, say this. Let's not compare things to Auschwitz. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> um, I'm just going to, you know, say that before I actually dive into the uh, the actual quote that I saw. Um, but the, the quote, it was, it was a picture of Auschwitz and it was, a, it was a train tracks going into, like, the front gates of Auschwitz. And the the quote was something along the lines of, um, like, if the government told, like at, like, at this point, if the government were to tell people to give up all their liberties, hop on a train and be taken to safety, people would. And though I disagree with the photo and like the, the kind of like the underlying message of America's turning into Germany and like <laughs> <laughs> the, the federal government is trying to get people on these um, metaphorical trains to safety, whatever, it, whatever that may mean uh, to, to people. I, I agree with the, the words in itself that people are so willing to give up um, their not not their liberties. They're willing to give up other people's yeah that, liberties. That's, that's really the <laughs> right way to say it for sure. Yeah, it, I don't think that people want to give up their liberties at all. I think people are very devastated. Their businesses are closed. Um, but for like celebrities, oh. um, <laughs> thus the the biggest thing that comes to mind right now is celebrities are like you know we're all in this together and it's no we're not. We're, no, yeah, it, it totally just really varies based on the people. And so you have some people who you know business goes under and there's huge problems and you just have celebrities that aren't really affected by it that much no yeah and it's it's very frustrating to see because you know they're posting all of these instagram lives and tiktok videos of, of them all singing you know and it's it kind of makes it worse for those who don't get those livelihoods that they have because they're not crumbling underneath the economy in fact they're probably standing on top of the economy right now and, and, and just pressing it down because they're the the voices of America telling us to you know you know stay home and, and whatever. Meanwhile, you know there's there's people who are I don't know if they're going to recover from this from from the whole. Um, I mean, this is like a recession. People are going to lose their businesses. And um, I was talking to my parents, and they were talking about how. Uh, not a, like the unemployment is so high right now and people are just going to expect get getting a job back once they go back um but many jobs may not even be available and do you do you agree with that like do you think that yeah yeah i definitely agree with that i think it'll really change the way kind of jobs are and definitely it'll put some businesses under and stuff and so we'll have to see, we'll see different stuff happen i guess i don't know i'm it's kind of it'll be unexpected but we'll see sure so okay, let's let's think hypothetically here. Um, say the government didn't didn't enforce all of these laws, the whole stay-at-home order, let's shut down businesses, whatever. Um, and I'm we're not going to use for those listeners out there who like to use statistics and um, stats and like you know where's your where's your sources and, and whatever. <laughs> um, my sources is everything that that I've heard. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to plagiarize or or do anything like that. Um, this is just stuff that I've heard through the grapevine. Um, it might have been stuff that I saw in the news. I don't know. I'm not claiming any of this information uh, as my own. This is all hypothetical, and this is all just like this is this is a conversationalist uh, podcast. This is not where you come to get your stats. So if you're here to get your stats, go somewhere else because um, this is this isn't it. This is just where where we talk, where we pretend like we don't know what's going on. We pretend like we're just two guys in a garage holding a, a couple beers and just discussing um, the world. So that's that's the point of this. With that said. Let's talk about hypotheticals. Uh, 
let's say that the government didn't enforce all of this and th th we were just left to, to be. What do you think the, the stats would be if we, if we just ran things normally? Do you think the death tolls would have been higher? Do you think they would have been lower? Because what are we sitting at, like 30,000 deaths or something like that around there? Yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. So do you think, because it was projected uh, that it was going to be, by some freakish model, 2.2 million deaths in America alone. So do you think that that would have happened if all the quarantining and stuff never happened? I mean, I really don't think so because I just, you see a lot, like, I don't know, just like teens and stuff, like especially people my age never really cared about it and kind of sure. always just hung out and just did what they want. So I don't think it would have been like way worse. I would say, yeah, it would have been worse. More people would have died. Sure. Of course, that's their choice. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's kind of a harsh way to say it, but if you choose to take that risk and you're going to put other people in danger, that's, I mean, it's your right to do it and you know, you don't have to hang out and do whatever. So it, the better approach, and I've heard this from many conservatives, actually, um, do you agree with them that the approach would, would be better if you feel like staying home, stay home. And if you feel like going out, go out. And if you do choose to stay home, you won't be penalized for it. And if you choose to go out, then you won't be penalized for it. That's probably the the best, I, I maybe the most wise approach. Would you agree? I would, I would totally agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, okay, so for, for people like me, um, I don't know if you have any health conditions or anything, but I, I'm, I've got asthma. And it's been getting like increasingly, I think it's been getting increasingly worse. The doctors would, um, I, I've been to doctors and they, they said that like it's it's always been the same and whatever, um, but like in my lungs, it feels like it's been getting worse. And so when COVID-19 uh, came and you know all, once I found out it was a respiratory disease, I, I mean, I was freaking out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I was kind of going nuts and Actually, I did go home and I quarantined myself because I thought I was experiencing a symptom of COVID-19. Oh. But it was actually anxiety from yeah. COVID-19. Because <laughs> um, it was just like putting this pressure on my chest and I could not breathe. And so I wanted to quarantine myself. My work, they... Here's something that um, you could probably talk about. Even though you don't have a job, um, I, I'm sure you could have an opinion about it. They didn't want to pay me. Like, they didn't pay me for, for being quarantined, even though I'm at high risk. And it was, it was more, to them, it was, a, it was a personal leave of absence. To my doctor, my doctor recommended that I take a leave of absence. But to them, it was still a personal leave. And I think that there's many other people that are in the same boat, where they want to go on these personal leaves. They can file for unemployment, I guess, if, if you want to. But for those of us who disagree with unemployment, um, I, I took it, but I not willing, like not willingly. Um, I, that wasn't my first go-to. I wasn't like, oh yes, now that I'm on leave of absence, I'm gonna file for unemployment. It was really uh, kind of just an annoying hassle, and I didn't want to. I don't like getting free money. It doesn't feel ethically right for me. At the expense of other people. At the expense right? of other people. Yeah, taxation is those. Exactly, and and so I, I didn't want to do it. I would have rather Quickjet pay me because I thought that I was um, essential to them. And so, why wouldn't they want me to be healthy? So, what are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, you can disagree with me. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I would say that it, you've been working at Quick Trip for a long time, from what I know. And mm -hmm. so, I would think it would be wise for Quick Trip to give you at least like a couple of weeks or something, especially if you're high risk. But I don't believe that burden should be on the employer. And so, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a legal obligation for them to pay you. Sure. 
So I don't know. It's kind of a tricky situation, but I don't know. Maybe that's more harsh than most conservatives. Maybe I would say that they have no obligations towards their employees, and sure, it's just what you consent to work, and they can just fire you whenever. So to, so to play, because I, I I can see that perspective. So then to play the devil's advocate, um, healthcare and, and everything. Do you think that it is their legal obligation to provide benefits? No. To, to provide vacation time. That w- I'm sorry, that was Fox News for all <laughs> you guys who just heard that. <laughs> do, do you think that they have a legal obligation to provide that stuff? You know, because that's what people look for in a business. Yeah, I, I would say they still want, like, I'm not, I don't believe in minimum wage either. And so I think as long as you're a consenting adult, you can consent to work for whatever um, terms you would like to. And so it all comes down to what you consent to do in the sure. job and what you consent to have compensa- compensation for. So Sure. I, I think that I can, uh, I think that I can agree with that. And that was, like that was my initial, or that wasn't my initial response. My initial response was they should pay me, um, for for not working, and I think I think that. But I actually agree with your point. Like they do not have an obligation to pay me. I guess it would have been, it would have been nice for them to pay me. Yeah, for sure. Because it's not like I want to leave work, um, and I didn't want to leave work. I I just didn't want to want to get COVID nineteen. It's like how am I going to pay for things? Um, and so I, for me, I, I see it as kind of a gray area. Um, I, I can see if I were to stand on both sides of the aisle, I could see it from the employer side being like, well, I'm not obligated to pay you for something that you just want to do. Like you, what they would consider you want to go on leave. So you can go on leave. We will allow you to go on leave, but you will not get paid. Um, and then from, you know, my point of view, it's like, okay, I'm really happy that you're allowing me to leave and everything, but I don't want to leave. This is something that the doctor wanted me to do. And if you, you know, if you care about your, your employees, wouldn't you at least want to, to pay for them to um, be on that leave? Because they're technically still employed, you know, by you. Um, I, I don't know. I, I see it as kind of a gray area. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting discussion. I see a lot of stuff brought up like this. Um, a lot of people criticize like Jeff Bezos or someone like that for paying or having bad working conditions for their employees or paying them very little. And for me, like when it comes to jobs and stuff like that, I think there's definitely a split between what's legal and what maybe you should do or you ought to do. And mm-hmm. so I think legally you shouldn't have obligation towards your employees other than for the terms that they negotiated for sure. when they... Um, started working mm-hmm. but I think that if you're a business and you can really afford to take care and um, maybe care for your employees in a unique way or you maybe have more resources to do that I think you probably should do that and I think that's probably the right way to do it but yeah well and, and um, I can I can agree with that because it is the employee uh, became an employee voluntarily they didn't they did not uh, go on and because of any any obligation that the employer had to that employee. That's what we do when we apply for jobs. We compare like, oh, this benefit is better than this benefit, and so I'm gonna go for their benefits. Well, the moment that they drop their benefits, you know, they maybe they, maybe they change it, and you signed a contract that said, you know, potential to change, or you know, something like that. And you, maybe you didn't read the document through, but like, you know that benefits ch- always change they're, yeah they're never, I think most people kind of intuitively know that it's not gonna be the same situation throughout no the and so an employee cannot be upset when when a company's 
um, benefits change. If you don't like the benefits, then leave. Exactly. And and, and go go somewhere else. And I I get that's kind of hard for some people to hear because maybe there's not a lot of options. But right now, um, in the economy, it's pretty good, and we have a job surplus in a lot of areas. And mm-hmm. so I feel like now more than ever, there's lots of options for people. Sure. Um, for different jobs, different benefits, and stuff. Sure. So on the on the topic of. Um, you know, an obligation to pay people um, money and everything. Do you think that, because we, we, we went a little off track, so I'm going to get it back on to COVID-19, the stimulus checks, do you think that the government had an obligation to give us $1,200 since they are the ones that technically shut us down? So from one side, I could see, oh, yeah, they're definitely obligated to pay us. If they're going to shut us down, then they need to pay us. From the other side, I mean, that's a lot of money to be giving um, every every tax-paying American that is uh, claimed as a dependent or like an independent. Yeah, so I would say that the government is obligated to um, in some way compensate for the income they have essentially stole from you by making you stay at home. So yeah, I would say the government is obligated to do that since they have um, instituted these stay-at-home orders that they should be sure. giving people money because some people would just need some sort of income. They can't like mm-hmm. you know, just stay at home and they need somebody to pay their bills basically. Sure, okay. Yeah, um, I can I can see that. Um, I, it was nice getting my my stimulus check. Like, <laughs> um, it's pretty good for a lot of people from what I've seen. It it, it, it seems is pretty fair. I I'd say it is for for people that say it's not fair. Um, once again, it's it is that blanket approach. Uh, I think that I disagree with the the blanket twelve hundred dollars for everybody because. For for me, and I'm I'm not speaking for myself. I'm actually speaking for people that are uh, that are living more expensive lives than I am, um, or yeah, or even even living just a, a different type of life. Um, a New Yorker and me are two completely different people. It's two completely different living lifestyles. My rent is only seven hundred and ten a month, so that twelve hundred dollars stimulus check uh, can pay for almost two of that. So like two months, I'm I'm pretty much guaranteed you know a livelihood at least yeah uh, a new yorker that can bear like that twelve hundred dollars barely pays <laughs> for half thing. yeah yeah um, <laughs> new york is spendy <laughs> it is so spendy and so i think that they should have kind of done the approach of what you do when you get like a tax return you know they they analyze all of your your you know your incomes and you know how much how much is like your a monthly wage you know for people to live off of uh, every individual um and I think that that would have been a better a- a- approach uh, because the $1,200 is definitely a slap in the, f- in the face to New Yorker. And for my, my family, we actually got rich off the stimulus check because we didn't even need that much money. Yeah. We're both working and they just, like, we didn't, we didn't need it. And so, I, I don't know, I, I guess I just would have wished that they would have maybe done something a little bit better for those people that are, um, and even people that are maybe unemployed and need more money than that. Um, than the $1,200. People who were already unemployed before all of this happened trying to find a job because I know people who before COVID-19 were looking for jobs and were not able to get a job because of COVID-19. And so now they had to go however many long without a job still. And they, I think they should have been compensated even more than me because I'm an essential essential worker along with my wife. We're already and we have hazard pay, so we're already we're, we already got raises for the last couple months. We don't need this money, and then I know people who are unemployed trying to look for jobs and need my money more than I do. So, do you have any thoughts? On yeah, that? I definitely agree with you that a more tailored approach would be much 
um, mm-hmm. would be preferable by quite a bit more. I just, yeah, it's just a one size fits all is just never really good, and that's why it's more of a states thing. I think it should be, yeah, definitely um, more suited to the individual for sure. Sure. Um, so let's see. Do I have any uh, any other questions? Um, I think we already established that you ag- agree with some of the government stuff, uh, but not the other. Uh, stuff su- such as just that blanket approach. Yep. Um, if here's a here's a question. If you were the and, and maybe maybe your answer would change slightly. Like if you were given the option, like if you were the president, um, how would you have taken this approach from day one? Would you have done every step that he took, um, or would you have done it differently? What would have been your first step? What would have been like? At what at what point do you follow him up into and then at a point like was there a point where you're like not I don't agree with the president anymore and on, on the rest of this not even the president but let's just say the task force and all sure. that stuff what would what would you have done differently what would you what did you like that they did that kind of stuff yeah so I haven't been following his specific actions like super well I've watched I've watched some of the earlier uh, White House briefings and stuff where mm-hmm. they talked about kind of the state of it and some ones recently um, yeah I would not be in accordance with the president anytime he just has a restriction on liberty and so any sort of like must shut down for this reason with um with the exception of government businesses and state-run things because um they're run by the state and so they're obligated and Mm -hmm. it's basically you know at the very top of the food chain the federal government's kind of their employer basically And, and so i think yeah basically i would disagree with him on a lot of things although I, I, from what I saw, I don't think he. I think he was pretty early in saying that this is going to be a thing, and we should watch out for it. And you saw the CDC guidelines pretty early too. And so, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of those guidelines and general rules that um, people aren't legally obligated to do, but probably should do, or mm-hmm. we really should um, push this out here as what's good, but not yeah any sort of legal obligation I'm against. So then, um, the the whole because I don't even I, I think I remember. Trump saying something along the lines of like, because I think he was asked one of his uh, press briefings, uh, like, why haven't you shut down the state, like, in, or the the country indefinitely? Like, why haven't you just done it? And I think he said something along the lines of like, that's up to the governors to do. Um, so I think that he initially, you know, had more of an approach of like, I'm just gonna let the states handle this, and then sure. and then kind of just snuck in more of these federal regulations that we need to follow. Um, I mean, I don't know where else these governors are really, I don't know if these governors are bouncing off of each other and like, oh, I, you know, Cuomo's doing this, so I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, or if the federal government is feeding information to the state government and they're telling them, hey, we think that you guys should all shut down. You know, I don't, I don't know about in those briefings. I'm not, I mean, not following it closely because it's more annoying now than it, than it was before. But like for those, those states like Michigan uh, is a big one that are like, and New York, um, the city of New York, the whole spying on your, on your neighbor, and oh yeah, kind of Gestapo style. People kind of call it, you know, like <laughs> yeah. What do you what do you think of that? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. It's just it's just really crazy. Like especially like you'll hear those you'll see those videos like someone's like some like mom or something's like walking in a park or something. She gets like arrested. They're just ridiculous things like that. They're just obviously like a gross violation of liberties. Yeah. No, I. It is disgusting of, of how much, um, how much power I think these governors are t- even taking in their own hands. Like, we've been talking this whole time about like the the federal government and their power over it, and how they've kind of been in. Oh, I want to say they've been in support more than they've just been like pushing these regulations on the states. They've just been in support of them. When I think that maybe they should have had 
more. I think that instead of Trump saying, um, "I'm just gonna leave it up to the governors," I think he should. I think he should be like a governor of such and such state. Like, you're taking this too far. Like, you need to stop. Like right now, because <laughs> this is this is a violation of um, their constitutional rights. Like, I think sure. I think that not. A, I don't think that it's just you know the the court's job to do that. I think everybody has. Um, I think everyone has has a, an American obligation to tell somebody when they're violating someone else's rights, um, because it is against the Constitution and it's against everything that we stand for and it's against the law, you know, to to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, people always often think of the First Amendment as being freedom of speech, but it's freedom of speech and freedom of assembly. Yeah, and so it's really just an essential right. Yeah, it, it it is. I mean, people should not be able to tell you what to do. You know with your life and one of the th- another thing that I saw on like Facebook is uh, the whole my body my choice with like the whole uh, abortion yeah. argument <laughs> and how now that's being used in in the COVID-19 argument yeah it's definitely demonstrating some hypocrisy from certain sides of the political sphere yeah I, I agree because for so long we've been seeing you know the the, the the left saying, you know, well, it's my body, it's my right. Like I should be able to choose what I want to do. And now they're saying you need to stay home because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get sick, you're gonna make other people sick, and it's like, well, it's my body. It's, yeah, it's my choice. And yeah. it is. I initially didn't think it was the same argument because I kind of thought it was a low blow. But um, at the same time, I think there's a lot of truth behind it, and I think that there could be a lot of uh, reflection on the argument then for both the left and the right um, to to look at you know, those types of topics that we've been talking about earlier and now we're seeing liberties actually being taken away. And I think it's good to kind of refocus our lens on what, what liberties actually are and like what they actually mean to us and that kind of stuff. Um, from like a Christian point of view, pastors have been uh, arrested um, and put in jail or, you know, churches have been fined for holding stuff. So from a, a Christian point of view, how would you approach you know that yeah initially um i saw a lot of pastors saying that they weren't good like just kind of fringe pastors saying like oh we won't shut down our churches jesus will protect us that type of silly stuff yeah i just thought that was just kind of silly and like you probably should shut down for a while and so now we've seen a lot of like um online services and stuff and almost every sunday morning i've been attending Mm -hmm. those and so I think there's lots of other options and it kind of goes back to like the whole idea behind a church being a group of people and not a building or physical mm-hmm. location and so i feel like we've still been able to gather a lot of community around these online services and stuff without having to meet in person although again they ha- should have the right to hold the church service and people can go to it if they want to but i'm glad a lot of churches have not been doing that or been yeah. trying to violate the orders and stuff and that's kind of where i stand too like I don't think that they should be arrested for wanting to hold these services. Um, but at the same time, as a Christian, I, f- I find it, I guess, no, I do. I, I find it extremely selfish of them to, to hold that that and, and be like, Jesus is going to protect us and, and this kind of stuff. Um, because if you, if you look at history, um, I don't recall Christians ever being immune from disease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if God wants you to get it, you're going to get it. Um, I don't think that being God's a Christian. divine providence. <laughs> yeah, it is a divine providence. If you're going to get it, then that, you're going to get it. I don't think that um, we just have, as Christians, these bubbles around us and we're just immune from the, the destruction and the evil that's in this world. Um, the, but that isn't to say that God can't 
uh, deliver us from this. For those pe- people who listened to the episode a couple of days ago, you know this, that you know that Jackson and I talked about this. That God, it's not impossible for God to um, to provide a way out from this. Um, but at the same time, if God wants us in this, you can be sure, you know, um, you, 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 it is. I can't find the words that I'm looking that I'm looking for here. Um, it is guaranteed that God will carry out what He wants carried out. I'll just say that. So, for a church to to assemble and are they are they executing their constitutional rights? Yes, they're doing they're doing great. They're great Americans. They're standing up against uh, government corruption. Awesome. Um, but as Christians, you know what are what are our biblical obligations? And I think that that is to love your neighbor. And I don't think it is very loving, um, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, for churches to be. I think that now I, I would start to say, like churches, you can start opening up. Um, Maybe take some precautions. Take some precautions. How you do it, but yeah. I, I've been I've been hearing about churches uh, holding two or three services a day, um, and like they they have record of like their numbers, and then splitting up the numbers like we're only allowing oh, like a hundred people at, at yeah. this service, a hundred people at this service, that kind of stuff. Um, or even like just separating chairs out um, six feet apart sure. from each other, um, and so I, I think that that's that is fine. Um, yeah, I, I think that overall, after after all of all of this um, talking, the the majority of of this conversation has been improvised <laughs> for <laughs> for those listening to us right now. Um, I, I think that the the overall summary of what we've been discussing is if you want to if you want to go out and you want to do what you want to do uh you by the constitution you have that right uh, should you maybe not uh if, yeah exactly yeah if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna go to church and you're gonna come in, into contact with all these other people that's great you all all 100 or however many of you that are going to that church have all agreed that you're willing to risk your lives to go to that church service but that do not go to the grocery store immediately after like go home <laughs> because those people at the grocery store did not come to that same uh, conclusion as you did that you're just gonna that are they risking their lives yes but they're at a grocery store risking lives for for food um, not for something that they necessarily believe in um, and so there, there is a difference be- between survival and, and, and beliefs for sure. um, and so when you're going to the grocery store there may be people who are only out there be- not because they want to you go to church because you want to you do not go to church because you have to um, but the grocery store is different. You go to the grocery store because you need to provide for your family. And there are people who are going out that do not want to be out, but they're doing it because they know they have to. Um, so yeah, I, do what you want, but be cautious about other people and what they want to do. Don't push your beliefs on on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think that it is fair, even as Christians, are we as Christians, are we supposed to share our, our beliefs with others? Yes. Uh, the Great Commission in Matthew says that we're most certainly supposed to share and be unashamed of what we're sharing. Um, and we're, we're supposed to be bold in our beliefs, and we're not supposed to back down from our beliefs. I do not think that it is wrong for a Christian to tell a non-Christian, no, you are wrong in your beliefs. <laughs> um, as long as you do it lovingly, which can be very tricky, and I think the same goes for this pandemic. If you're If you're going out you know, hold, hold on to your beliefs, but also, and you can tell the people if you think that their beliefs are wrong, because that is your right to do it as a, as a human being, to tell people that you think that their beliefs are wrong or that they're doing something that is maybe too extreme during the pandemic. But that that doesn't mean that you should just take that belief away from them. Um, because I, if you look at it from from a biblical sense, has God ever taken away our choice? 
as Calvinists. <laughs> All right, that's really Calvin. That's another yeah. podcast, right? That's a completely different <laughs> podcast. But that, that's just what I, I might, and I'm not going to dive into that. But the point I'm trying to make is God has never removed us from our choices uh, outside of his, his will. Um, and we shouldn't do the same to others. And so I think that is the, is the go- has the government taken the approach that they that they thought they needed to take? Yes, I don't think that they were, at least at a federal government. I do not think the federal government was purposely trying to take away anything from us. I think they're trying to keep us safe. State government, I disagree with. I think that they are trying to take our our rights away, and I think that they are trying to press their political agenda. Oh, that's interesting. So you th- you think the state government is probably more intentional? I I think they rather are. than just good intentions and bad. Um, actually execution of it you can say it's I, I do um, yeah. because I have I've seen it um, maybe not in our governor I think I think our, our governor is um, I already said I'm in Minnesota but I'm still I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to get arrested or nothing <laughs> but you might end up suicide you know <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Epstein over here just this might be my last episode <laughs> but anyways I think that our governor has been just following suit of other governors. He really hasn't done anything that's just been like, oh, wow, Minnesota's doing something so different. Um, I think he's just been following suit without even uh, listening to, the, like, the people's voice. Um, and so all that to say is, like, I think, like, the governor of Michigan, and I think that uh, the governor of New York, uh, Cuomo, and I think that uh, the mayor of New York City, um, Bill de Blasio, um, and I, th- I think that they are, are pushing their own, I think they love this power that they have, and just how this they've been using this pandemic to just tell people, I don't want you to do this, I don't want you to do that, you can't do this, you can't go on a walk, you can't kiss your wife in a park. Um, like, that is ridiculous. Yeah, as a libertarian, I Agree. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would love the same sentiments towards government. I would hope that everybody would disagree, and for those people who who think that the, what they're doing is lawfully right, like, no. I mean, you may think that those people walking in the park are a risk to the public, and if you think so, then don't go near them. Yeah. Um. In cases of emergency, it's when our civil liberties matter the most, and they're easiest to take away by government officials and stuff. So yeah. it's really something we need to stand up against. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, so we, uh, we're nearing the end now, um, and now we're just kind of going on, on this, this loop of just the, the same conversation. <laughs> so thank you for, for coming out to, to this, uh, episode and for having this conversation with me. Yeah, um, no problem. 